I'm a three. I'm a two. I don't play that. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Hey, hey, welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea. And Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. Just a couple of notes. We are not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off. Though we would love to know if either of those things happen. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you definitely don't need to believe to belong. Andrea, how's your heart? (laughs) My heart is, my heart's good. It is good this week. It's been, I mean, I woke up yesterday thinking it was Friday, Mm. which is a problem. Because yesterday was not Friday. Because yesterday was not Friday. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I can't keep Yeah, no, we, listen, we're not time travelers. We can't do that. I got you. We can't do that. So yeah, yesterday was not Friday and I woke up thinking it was, and that's a problem. But um, other than that, yeah, it's. I bought some new bookcases and my dad helped me get one of them up the stairs because they weigh 500 pounds each. Whoa. Pivot. Basically, pivot or we both almost died last yeah. Sunday. It was ridiculous. Um, do I need a pivot I, drop? I feel like I need. I feel like I need <laughs> a. Pivot. I feel like I need a Ross Geller pivot drop. Pivot. So the other one is in my car, and I'm going to bring it up one shelf at a time. Okay. One, one shelf piece at a time. One shelf at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One one piece of the bookcase at a time. I'll bring it up, and eventually get it all put together in in my office. So that's great. That's anyway. Great. Well, um, you, you've heard her already. Uh, Julie, uh, the wild card is here today because we're, we're talking Enneagrams. And, uh, and so I thought it would be fun to, to have her here. Uh, Jules, how's your heart? Okay. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's been a show. Um, she's an eight. Wow. And uh, that's all you need to know. Does anybody want to ask me how my heart is? You get, like, <laughs> no, not I'm really. I'm sure you'll tell us. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, how is your heart? You know, my heart is, uh, it, it's good. This was, uh, this was the first week of school back for the kiddos and, yeah. uh, we are, we're still doing the distance learning thing. And so I took a couple days off this week just to kind of help with, uh, with the kids. Julie, you did too. You took some time off to just kind of get the, the program and the routine down. Yep. And, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been fun trying to get them back up and running. You know, I think the hardest thing is going to be whenever they do go back in class is actually having to like do school for a full eight hours. Cause right now it's like, it's eight fifty one and they're logging off for the day. <laughs> it's like, well, what do we do? Well, I guess <laughs> we finished, I guess that's we it. finished everything. I don't know what to you, do next. You guys want to go swimming? You want to go to the park? You want to go? <laughs> like, <laughs> Daddy's off today. Y'all can do whatever you want. Let's be, let's go. Uh, so that's been good. And then, and then this morning, um, I got up and checked my bank account and realized I did not know that I had done this. And have you ever like, uh, have you ever woken up in the morning and realized that you went shopping on Amazon and and not really know what you got or gotten a package in the mail and not really known what, what you know, it's a surprise to you. You might've right. ordered something at 2.30 AM, you know? Well, apparently I took uh, $300 out of my checking and savings account in Australia so um, that was interesting is that uh, apparently I went to Australia last night. 
when did that happen? Oh, just just overnight. You, just you overnight. Yeah, just a quick, like just a 14, quick trip. 18 hours. Yeah, yeah, quick trip <laughs> there and back. Uh, so obviously, I had to call my bank and be like, "Yeah, so I um I, I have not been doing any international travel. Uh, please see this morning's uh, transaction at Shipley's Donuts." <laughs> the only yeah. transaction that I've had today is Shipley's. Thank yeah. you very much. And that's that's in Fort Worth, Texas. They're like, does anybody else have access to your card or PIN no- number? And I was like, my, my wife, well, could she be in Australia? God, I hope not. <laughs> we got a show to do tonight. I hope. It sounds nice. It sounds nice. We should definitely do Australia. Right? I'd like to do Australia. Oh, let me tell you something else that happened today. <laughs> I had someone come and ring my doorbell and we have a sign mm-hmm. that definitely says no soliciting. And this guy rang my doorbell and he was holding the bumper sticker of a presidential candidate. And it really didn't matter which one it was. I just didn't even open the door. I looked at him through the window. I was like, no way, pal. Nope. Go. No, I'm not, not putting interested. that on my car. Go. I, I already love Jesus. I mean, just, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think, what was really funny is last weekend we went to a uh, house that was having garage sale. Like I had picked something out on Facebook to go pick up and they're like, oh, we're having garage sale. Just come over and pick it up. And as we pull in, they're moving out. But, you know, they're for one candidate and the person across the streets for the other candidate. And it's like there's all these signs like, <laughs> you know. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, oh, looked like, man. it looked like they were leaving because the people across the street. <laughs> Maybe they uh, were. You don't know. Well, you, 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 ne- you never know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so another thing that um, that I saw is I found out that Jamie Foxx is not vegan. Have you seen this? No. You have? Okay. Here, here I is. I don't think so. This is uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, what is his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. It looks like JGL is interviewing Jamie Foxx. And he types into Google. Is Jamie Foxx vegan? There we go. Uh, actually, I'm Baptist, and I've been Baptist uh, my whole life. Like, you know, to me, Jesus is the foundation. Uh, nothing against other vegans. I don't know where they go as far as heaven and hell is concerned, but I know where I'm going as far as heaven is concerned. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First, Second Samuel, First, Second Kings, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Esther, Nehemiah, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Zaphani, Haggai, Malachi. That, it's about Jesus, okay? Nothing against vegans, but we're going to heaven over here. So apparently... <laughs> Jamie Foxx is not a vegan, but he is a Baptist. He's so. a Baptist. <laughs> that so. That's hilarious. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. But it's okay. I'll, I'll let him be confused because he can sing. He's got a voice can, like, like butter. Yeah, he can sing. And also, he just spouted off like the books of the Old Testament. Yeah. And uh, and theologically was just like, it's all about Jesus. So I appreciate that. He said the Old Testament's which, about Jesus. That's Which is the truth. It is, it is all true. about Jesus. It's all the story of love. It's good. It's good. Somebody who uh, hasn't necessarily been showing, well, I guess he thinks he's showing love, is uh, is this guy, Sean, well, I'm going to say his name wrong. Foyt. Foyt. I'm going to interrupt you because I don't want you to say it wrong. <laughs> That's cool, but I'm still going to bleep it out and make it sound like you said it wrong. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I don't know any music by this guy. Do I know any music by this guy? 
Actually, you you might. Can you name a song? I'm, I mean, here's his most popular song on the Spotify. Yeah, I don't know this one. Which song would I know by him? He sings with Bethel. That's all I know. Ah. Until the end. There's Like a Fire. The first one was There is a Name. I don't know him. But if, but if he's Bethel, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. Uh, what maybe, has, maybe you just heard him sing with Bethel. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what has he been doing? First of all, Sean Foyt is running for a government office. He is running for the House of Representatives out in California. Oh, wait. So the California House of Representatives or the U.S. House of Representatives as a representative for, Cal- for California? Well, I don't know. Why y'all got to be so nitpicky? I was just curious if this guy's going to be in Washington or he not. He is running for Congress, House of Re- Representatives, Washington, D.C. That's what he's okay. doing. Okay. Now, I do remember his, uh, his curly hair in, um, in the videos that we watched. <laughs> gosh, it was a couple months ago about all the worship leaders that showed up in Washington and like had mm-hmm. a concert and, you know, Carrie Job was there and all that other stuff. Right. I remember, I remember that. But um, okay. So what has this cat been doing other than running for Congress? So he has been hosting uh rallies along the the west coast called let us worship rallies and they've been kind of focused in um cities like portland and seattle and places where there's been a lot of protesting and riots and things like that and he that's where he's been so i guess he's like going to like spread a, a message of love and of uh, of nonviolence and safety and security, making sure everybody's standing six feet apart, making sure that people <laughs> are wearing their face masks, making sure that like we end the pandemic so that this unrest can stop, you know, systemically across the board. Is that is that right? What he's doing? Uh, no, not exactly. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, what is what is he doing? <laughs> so. So, so these, so these, uh, these worship rallies. Uh, I'm guessing that there, there's a a bunch. Are these of, the ones that they keep on showing on Facebook where they're all on the beach. Um, I've seen some on the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think some. that was one of them. the The one a couple weeks ago was in Seattle. Okay, and th- there were th- there were thousands of people there for the rally specifically. I mean, there were already lots of people protesting. Yeah. And then this guy shows up and thousands, thousands come, but they were not, most of them were not wearing masks. Most of them were not uh, social distancing. They were all just as if there wasn't a pandemic going on. Hey, so newsflash, just in case anybody's curious, um, I checked just a few minutes ago. We are still in a pandemic. So no. just in case anybody's curious, that's that's still a thing. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand. I do not understand how someone 
who is um, trying to show people like that it's okay to worship, which by the way, it is, it is okay to worship, right? You are allowed to worship. You absolutely are. I don't know why someone would say in the middle of a pandemic, we should get a thousand people together and all stand really close and sing and make sure that our respiratory droplets get on everybody else. I don't, I don't get but that. But if you wear a mask, you must not have faith in Jesus. Clearly. Um, that, that, that's, I mean, obviously, uh, I do like the fact that Bethel has stressed that they are not affiliated with worship gathering. Okay. Did I say it right? I think so. Okay. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That they're, they're not associated with, with his worship gatherings at all. Like they're like, don't blame us for anything that happens with this cat. You know, the thing that I, I may not be too fond of is, um, hiding a political rally at, and re, like trying to frame it as a worship rally, but it really being a political rally. Now, that being said, I think that you and I are both on the same page that we need Christians in public service. I agree. Jules, yes? Yes. Okay. So I don't think that I have a problem with him running for Congress and 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 getting in there and all that other stuff. I just, I, I'm, I'm concerned more about the, um, the common sense of, if you're going to get up and say it's about Jesus, then can we love people like Jesus and give people, I guess, I guess in his mind, he's giving people an opportunity to gather and worship when other, other people won't. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, and you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he's not trying to disguise these worship rallies as, or disguise political rallies as worship rallies. Maybe he's not. And it just, comes across that way because we know he is running for a political office. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know his heart. I don't know him. So I can't, I don't, I don't want to say that for sure, but I, I, you know, I understand that it can, it can look that way. It can feel that way from the outside. Right. Yeah. But he's also doing it in places where there has been like political unrest. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so I don't know there there might be some pushback from that. Yeah i i saw I saw an Instagram post in response to his rally in Seattle, and all I'm going to say is that it made it made me think. It made it made me think a lot, and I've I've kind of been stewing on it <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. You know, I just want to say that it can come across as if they're coming into these locations, um, Seattle, Portland, where there is a lot of racial unrest, I guess you could say, social justice unrest, social unrest with these rallies. Now, here's the thing. I think that Jesus is the answer (laughs) for the world today, if I can break into song. However, it, it feels like they're trying to shut down what may be a justified protest. I'm not saying riots. I'm not saying lighting buildings on fire. I'm not saying anything. But what may be a justified protest to try to to get out the word that there there is racial inequality. There are issues in this country uh, between races that need to be fixed. And it sounds like they're coming in and they're just like, I'm going to sing louder than that. Rather than saying, as Christians, we need to be the ones to stand up and we need to be the ones to say, no, this is not right. This is not okay. We're not all right with this. 
and we're going to, we're going to make a change. We're going to do what we have to do to fix it. We're going to be the example. Instead, it sounds like they're just coming in and trying to drown out what are good voices protesting wrong things. And they're just trying to drown those voices out with their worship songs. Does it, I'm going to flip the table on that a little bit. And does it just seem like it's opportunistic and maybe disingenuous? Like, hey, let's now use, I'm trying to get my name out there. I'm running for Congress. I'm a part of this worship, you know, thing. Let's see. Let me position myself in places where I know I'm going to get noticed. And maybe the heart of it's not really so honorable. I mean, that's right, possible. No, I, yeah. No, that's totally possible. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, you know, and that's the hard thing, right? As believers, we try to do something good. And, and we, I feel like, you know, even when our heart's in the right place, it's still, it's hard to do something good. And not only is it difficult to do the thing, but it's also difficult to not feel the backlash of the thing, you know, because yeah. there is people second guessing. But I also completely understand that people who are like, we're having riots for change. And you come in here with your quote, like riots of revival, you know, mm-hmm. and trying to, to make it, you know make it seem like you are the light in the darkness and that you're the only one that can bring the light. We're going to bring all these people together and, you know, we're going to be able to do it. It just, to me, it's, it's, it's just questionable wisdom. Um, you know, which is one of the reasons why I'm glad that I go to a church where the pastor says, Hey, if you're not comfortable coming, worship with us online, you know, it's, it's helpful just because it at least shows that there's, uh, a wisdom and a caring for multiple sides of the equation, but also like there's a prudence factor that has to come with the fact that like we are still living in a specific day and a specific age. Um, right. You know, there's a reason Jesus drank wine instead of water. Water wasn't healthy or safe. You right. Know and when saying? I walk across the street, I still look both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, just, I mean, I don't know. There's lots of, lots of different things, but that's been going around and been been some chatter and I figure since this is a podcast about Christian pop culture, we're allowed to talk about it and at least, you know, have thoughts and opinions. And sometimes we're allowed to talk about it and not really know what our thoughts and opinions are. Yeah, because we're trying to figure it out just like everybody else. Yeah. We're not saying we have all the answers. Well, I also remember a time in our youth that had this been going on during our day and age when we were young and, you know, thought that we were invincible that we would have totally done something like this i mean it's possible yeah it's probable actually i I completely completely see your point there's a good Um, good chance that's that that's why uh it's nice to be able to say that like we're allowed to grow and learn new things and change and become better people and we, we give ourselves grace for that um it is pretty funny nobody nobody enjoys someone going well i don't know what i think about that so sometimes we take stances like uh <laughs> nobody goes like i prefer chocolate but no, but people love it when you say i hate vanilla you know yeah so yeah. hopefully we've invoked somebody's outrage and somebody can engage their outrage with us uh you know <laughs> at some point because that's that's an enjoyable part of what it is we're doing as well and here's the thing if you're listening to this and you're going I absolutely disagree with that. I see it from, tell us your perspective. Absolutely. We want to know. We want to hear. Smarten us up. (laughs) Yeah. Or let's just have a lively discussion and maybe neither one of us change our minds, but we grow and 
whatever we think about it from it it's just nice to think about it from a different angle sometimes so that's all we're doing that's all we I mean, do here on dropping sunday is talk about things from different angles guys that's it that is it and so uh here here's a uh, here's another thing to think about here if you really want to challenge us it might be because you're you're an eight in the enneagram you're a challenger <laughs> my, do you my, do my you know be- any eights I'm I'm sitting next to one right now. Does she agree yeah. with you that that she's an eight? Does she believe in the enneagram? I do not. <laughs> she doesn't. And by the way, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. By the way, eights never do. So that's kind of a thing. Um, usually, Whatever. usually guys are like, "Yeah, I'm an eight. You know, guys that are eights are like, "Yeah, I'm an eight. And girls that are an eights are like, "Nah, I'm not an eight. I don't want to well, be an eight. No, because. All of the adjectives for whatever, quote, unquote, and yes, I'm moving my fingers, is of an eight is all negative when seen if you're female. Yeah. And that, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely true. Let's, uh, before we, before we get into all of the types, um, and we are going to start with eights and here, there's a reason because (laughs) the way that these work is, um, if you, if you. Don't start with eights. They're tuned out by the time you actually get to eights. Um, and then you always have to have sevens be last because if you go with them first, they'll tune out as soon as you're done with them. Right. So, uh, so what are, uh, what, what is the Enneagram, Andrea? Well, first of all, let me go ahead and say this. The Enneagram is not a Christian thing. It's not a Christian thought. But I, I've, it's weird because I've only heard about it in like How dare Bible you? study <laughs> groups. Like, I don't yeah. know why. Oh, no. In oily I, circles. I follow a lot of Instagram accounts that are that deal with the Enneagram that are not Christian at all. I mean, they have absolutely nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. And all they're talking about is is the Enneagram. So but but the reason that we're talking about it is because it is pretty big in in modern Christian culture. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, when we I don't even you probably don't even remember this, but when we first started recording not not long maybe a couple months in we had mentioned that we were going to talk about the enneagram and you said all christian women were twos and it pissed me off Ooh, because (laughs) i am a two (laughs) and it made me so mad because you just lumped us all together and it i seriously like it's still in me a little bit i'm a little resentful and bitter about it in case you can't tell I don't know that I said all Christian women are twos. I, I said that uh, all Christian women think that they're twos, I think is what I said. <laughs> and is that like it, the Proverbs 31? Yeah, yeah, woman? because, because a I don't, two I is don't a Proverbs know. 31 I, I, I could care less about this subject, but somehow I'm on this show. So It's your turn. Well, that's, that's why you're on this show, is because we knew you hated it. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure my text message to Seth was, doesn't she hate the Enneagram? Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah. Pretty sure that's exactly what I sent him. So yeah, yeah it's not an accident, Julie. Mm. Thought we were friends. So what, yeah. Yeah. You used to be friends. So what, <laughs> so it's nine different personality types. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so the Enneagram is, it's, it's basically a personality types and there are nine of them. So the the Enneagram Institute was created in 1997 by Don Richard Risso and Russ Hudson. Have you heard either of those names? No. I haven't either. No, I'm not familiar with them. I think the most, probably like the most common thing that I'm familiar with is like 
the road back to you with by Susan Stabile is probably like yeah, and, that. That's probably e- the quintessential. Ian Morgan Cron. Yeah, and then um, there's the the Christian perspective of the. I think it's called the Enneagram, a Christian perspective by um, uh, the friar Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan monk. Uh, and then the other thing that I kind of got introduced to was that sounds fun by Annie F downs, uh, which is a, which mm-hmm. is a podcast, uh, Annie F downs at, at a church in Nashville and their, their church is really big into the Enneagram. And so every summer she does a big summer thing where they go through all of them. So that, that's kind of what introduced me to, to the Enneagram. Sorry, I may be jumping ahead of you there, but that's no, no, that's yeah. totally fine. I, I just want to read, read this one sentence from this again is from the Enneagram Institute. Um, and it just says, to to kind of get an, an like a one sentence out there about what the Enneagram is for. It says, at its core, the Enneagram helps us to see ourselves at a deeper, more objective level and can be of invaluable assistance on our path to self-knowledge. So there you have it. There you have it. It's all about learning yourself. Yeah. And so <laughs> so let's start with the eights. We're going to just dive right in. Whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she, goes, she said whatever. Um <laughs> So, okay, eights. Here we go. Eights mm-hmm. are considered the challenger. Here, here is just real brief. When you think of an eight, this is what you're thinking of. Self-confident, strong, assertive, protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive. These are, these are the eights. They are, they're, like the, uh, they're the power brokers of, any, of anything that's going on. They, they know how to be a boss. They know how to be in charge right? Um, a, yes. a lot of the Enneagram though is more so about like what people, like really what motivates people, their fears and desires. Okay. So that's kind of what we'll mm-hmm. talk about. Um, so their basic fear is of being harmed or controlled by others. And their basic desire is to protect themselves, to be in control of their own life and destiny. Does that sound familiar at all? How, how, what, what do you think? A hundred percent. How is that me? Here, why don't I answer that? Yes, please. Save our marriage, please. Okay. You answer it. Let, let me answer that. So first of all, let me say, and I get it. You you don't. Let me ask you this, Julie. Do you believe in personality types? No, I don't. At all. None you don't believe them. in personality types? None well, and let me explain why. Okay, because. I mean, any of them, like type A, type uh, Any, I mean, anything like that. I think people may lean a certain way and have some characteristics, but I also don't think that those those characteristics are married to them for the rest of their life. Like you're always going to be a certain way. I think your oh. experiences and your challenges and the way that you've dealt with things are going to influence your personality. And so I could say, like looking through any of these, that I may have been one or the other at a different time in my life. So I think to stereotype someone in a particular way, I think is detrimental. Okay, I agree. First of all, stereotyping is not good because you you might you might be wrong stereotyping someone. However, the in the Enneagram would agree with you that you you do grow and you do uh, expand and change who you are over the course of your life. No one's going to stay the exact same for their from childhood to death. It's just it's not going to happen. That's just not that's not the way life works. What I do think um, and the reason that I like the Enneagram, besides seeing things of myself in my type, when I know like what my friends are, what type they are, it helps me 
respond. I see things in my friends even more than I see in my friends' types than I see in my own type. And I think yeah. it just, it helps. It's, it's, like a, it's like the love languages. Do you believe in those? Yeah, I mean, I think to an extent, I mean, I, I'm a gift giver. So I mean, yeah. I think that's a big deal for me. But like, in one of the things that it says about an eight is like, they have problems with their temper and allowing themselves to be vulnerable. I don't think that that's me. I think it takes a lot to me to get like really upset. Like it, it like it has to, there's a breaking point with me. So I'm not the type that just flies off the handle very easily. So I, I don't know. I, I think especially putting in nine groups or eight or nine groups with, you know, different caveats for each one. I think that's kind of just limiting. That's just, I don't like to put anything in a box. Yeah, I, I get it. So that's uh that brings us to a, a perfect point that this is not to, meant to be a definition of anyone. It's meant to help explain people, people's personalities so that you can better understand people. Because here's the great thing about Julie and her eightness is that when like eights at their best, use their strength to improve others' lives. And that's the thing about Julie is like, she's always investing in other people. Um, She's always like pouring herself out. If she's your friend, she's the best friend that you can have. If she's, by the way, if you've let her go, you, you just don't want to know her anymore. (laughs) I mean, because, because she's done with you and that's, that, that's just part of her personality. And that's, that's the way it is. But when she is your friend, she is a hundred percent, your friend, a hundred percent in She's not one of these wishy-washy come in, you know, come in, go out, any of those types of things. Eights in general, when they are healthy, they move towards two, which is, which is the, we'll get to in a little bit, but I mean, they, it's like the most loving thing, right? So whenever you were reading the, all the descriptions, one of the things that she got to was she was like, she, she got to two and stopped. She's like, that's me. And I was like, well. Yes, it is you, but it's not the root, you know, of what I, of what I see when I see you. Um, and we both have a little bit of a temper. I mean, it's just part of our personalities and that's fine. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. it. There's nothing wrong with it. We've all had tempers. It's fine. Everybody gets mad. It's, it's mad. Um, I get mad and want to throw things all the time. Absolutely. But what's like, if I try to control you or anybody else tries to control you, like that's immediately what puts up barriers for you, right? I'm quite capable of taking care of myself. There she is. Okay. So there we have. Self-reliant. Didn't I read self-reliant somewhere? Yeah. She's t- she can yes. take care of her. Key motivations. Wants she, to be self-reliant to prove their strength and resist weakness. She's And she's absolutely right. She let me know right up front. that's not a bad thing. No. She let me know right up front when we were dating. I don't need you. I, I can take care of myself. I'm I'm fine. Listen, she's, she's my parents wrong. have been married for 50, it'll be 52 years this year. And before they got married, they both said the same thing. They said, my, my mom told my dad, listen, I don't need you. And she doesn't. She doesn't need my dad. She doesn't need him to do anything. Yep. And he doesn't need her. They want each other. It's a mutual want. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, I am a marriage counselor. There you go. Uh, <laughs> the pro the problem, honestly, is that like when you get to the eights with uh with like their male role models, it's like or the people like examples of of male eights. It's like FDR, Winston Churchill, Martin Luther King Jr., Lyndon Johnson, right? 
Um, right. You also have people like Saddam Hussein and Donald Trump, you know, other people that are in there. <laughs> I call those outliers. Yeah. Fidel uh, Castro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, but then for the female, they're always seen as being like, honestly, they're seen as being like a jerk. I mean, there's a word there, there's a particular well, word. And I think there's a word that on can't, that we can't yeah. use, but that's how, that's how AIDS are always seen. Right. And I was just say that, you know, confrontational and intimidating. I, I can't, I've been told I'm intimidating before and I am definitely confrontational. Like I don't, I'm not going to talk about you behind your back. I'm going to go to your face and tell you, hey, like, this is what's up. But outside of that, I think domineering is a lot of in this particular thing. I don't feel like I'm domineering. I feel like no, I, can, I, I listen to other people and I don't have to have my way, you know, with everything. So I think I don't know. Well, and here's the other thing to think about. There's not one single type where you're going to read it and say, Everything that I just read is 100% me. Yeah. I don't. When I read my type, it's not 100% me. There are things that that it talks about with type twos that I don't I don't respond to. I don't I feel like I feel like the type 8 and I don't know I'm saying this because this is apparently my type is that, you know, a lot of the adjectives I feel are negative and where they could have been positive. So domineering I would have swapped out with assertive. Someone who's assertive. They have assertive in there. Yeah, they they have have assertive. You're you're just reading. You're reading the negative side of it. No. There. When we when we get to my type, I'll tell you the things that I didn't. When I read it, I was like, I don't like that. I don't. I don't enjoy reading that about my what I consider my personality type. Yeah, and and again, this is a fish and bone situation, right? Like use use it where it's helpful, where where it's not spit out the bones. Um, Yeah. And I guess that that might be me just trying to be a nine, a, a peacemaker. Um, <laughs> is that what you is that what you think yours is? Oh no, mine is not a nine. I, <laughs> no, I no, was no, about no. to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we, no. we no. Tell me about a nine, Andrea. So a nine is, as you said, uh, they are the peace, the peacemaker. They in uh, are easygoing. Um, let's see. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They are usually creative, um, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems, and minimizing anything that's upsetting. Their basic fear is of loss and separation, and their basic desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind. So there's a um, personality test, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's using animals. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that this one's like the Labrador. Like, I use that, like, when I'm talking about employees and things like that. Like, who's a Labrador? I think we other one's like a dolphin or something like that. I don't there's a beaver, called, a golden retriever. Yeah. An otter and a lion. Those are the four animal personality yeah. types. It's, it, they're a little more broad. Um, in fact, I know a company that every person that interviews to work for this company has to take this personality type and find out what animal they are so they know how they're going to fit into the team. Yeah. I'll tell you, in my interactions with nines, it has been very helpful and beneficial to me just in my general life. Uh, like Caleb Prouty is a nine. Uh, yeah. And, and there was a time when I was dealing with something. He's like, sounds like you need to go talk to him. I was like, no, nah, man. <laughs> That ain't going to happen. He's like, no, I mean, I, I hate to see that there's a rift there. And I'd love to see some some harmony between 
you and this other person and that'd be great. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to do that. But like, he really challenged me to like, you know, put, put beef behind me, um, you know, because that inner stability offers a peace of mind for, for nine. So, uh, so there's that. Here's the thing. We can go and deep dive into like everybody's number, but then this show will be like a a nine hour show, which very long. I don't think anybody wants, but, uh, but some other examples (laughs) of, uh, of a nine you have, um, Princess Grace of Monaco, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, you have uh, George W. Bush, Ronald Reagan, John F. Kennedy. Uh, oh, Abraham Lincoln. You know, little people. Uh, <laughs> j- so Walt Disney, Mr. Rogers. So there's lot. There's there's lots of uh, there's lots of nines as well that are that are big peacemakers. Like Whoopi Goldberg's a nine, which is probably why she's like the host of the View, is because she kind of be the, play the moderator. To all those, uh, Julie, do you know any nines in your life? You do actually. Jacqueline Rosario is a nine. Okay. Haley Bell is a nine. Okay. Haley Haley really talks about being a nine. Jacqueline, uh, I I made Jacqueline take the Enneagram test uh, like two days after I took mine. So I I said I need to know what your type is so that I can understand our friendship better. She's a nine, which I, I. if I had just read it, I would have known that was her. Right. I'm like, uh, how do they know who these people are? They're just assuming. Um, no, all of these people took the test. Well, I honestly, <laughs> they didn't. But... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, some of it's just their people's public personas guessing. isn't necessarily what they are like in real life. That's fair enough. All right. That's fair. Well, it's all a bunch of hooey anyway. So let's go. On. <laughs> There's a show. <laughs> so okay number one the reformer uh i think your boss is in one isn't he i don't remember i'd I'm, have to look it up i think i think that he he was a one T- tell me about uh, tell me about the reformers andrea so type ones reformers are conscientious and ethical with a very strong sense of right and wrong uh, they are teachers crusaders and advocates for change always striving to improve things but afraid of making a mistake Uh, Their basic fear is of being corrupt or evil or defective. And their desire is to be good, to have integrity, and to be balanced. So some examples of ones are uh, Joan of Arc, Mahatma Gandhi, Pope JP2. There we go. Uh, Nelson Mandela, (laughs) um, Rudy Giuliani, George Harrison. There's Julie Andrews. I mean, there's just tons of... Mr. Spock, the church lady, Mary Poppins. The church lady, that's my favorite. <laughs> the church lady's a Mary type Mary Poppins one. isn't a real person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Classic eight. eight. Classic. Classic <laughs> eight. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Julie, I love it. This is why we had you on. This is why we were like, yes. Yes. So so funny. So one at their best, they're wise, discerning, <laughs> realistic, noble. They can be morally heroic. These are the people that really like their their big thing is they want to make sure that they're right at the end of the day, that they're positive yeah. at the end of the day. Are you are you familiar with any ones that we're aware of in our, uh, in our circle? Y- yes. Uh, Penny Penny Reeves is a one. Yes. Okay. I can totally see that. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if she would want me telling everybody that, but when when we when she took the test, uh, she was a one, and she wasn't actually she wasn't very ha- happy about it. 
I think she wanted Why? to be. Well, I think she wanted to be something different. She didn't. I don't think she liked the um, striving to improve, but afraid of making a mistake. I don't think she liked. I feel like this that. is a very noble. Absolutely. Noble type. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think I think that ones are t- I think sometimes they get a little bit of a bad rap because uh people think they see things in s- such black and white and there's like no gray there's no there's no room for error and that mean and they they feel that way about themselves so I think people think ones feel that way about them does that make sense like they worry being in the presence of a one means that I there's no room for error in me either. But that's not the case. They don't they don't always thrust that upon somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that a lot of people, like I said, uh, a lot of, I don't know. Hey, this is just what I've heard from other of other people talking about it. Is that for whatever reason, Christian women want to be a two because it's. It, and I'm not saying this is about who we just talked about. I'm just saying in general, because it is kind of the definition of that Proverbs 31 woman, right? So uh, tell me, tell me about your number, Andrea, tell me what it means to be a two. Well, in, in basically twos are, they're empathetic, sincere, and warm hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. Um, at their best, they can be considered unselfish and altruistic. Uh, their basic fear is of being unwanted, unworthy of love. Um, and their basic desire is to, to feel loved. Yeah. And one thing that we haven't really talked about so far is that like each number um, they, they talk about wings. So they talk about like, you can be like, if you're an eight, you might have a seven wing and a nine wing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as an eight, um, there are going to be times like when my wife will jump out as a seven, be very outgoing, be the center of the party, do that whole thing. There's going to be other times when she's plays peacemaker, which she has to do, especially at work and with the kids and stuff like that all the time too. Right. So with the twos, if they have that one wing, Um, they're like a servant. And if they have the three wing, they're like a host or hostess. So, I mean, this is something that you see, uh, really try to be uh, a big desire of people to, to want to be. And usually whenever you're doing the test, it'll, it'll give you a percentage of these things. And I think that you're, you were a pretty high percentage of it too, right, Julie, on, on your test? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And so, um, but Andrea, how many things have you hosted? Well, I don't. I don't host a lot of things like at my house. I've had, I've done a couple of things, no, but, but that, like, I you do a lot of hosting. <laughs> I do a lot of hosting for uh, at work. And, and that's, that's always been the case at, at, in all of my jobs or both of my jobs. since <laughs> I've really only had two as an adult, but yeah, I host, you know, and that's, I, I think that I do fall more to a, a, a two with a three wing. Um, I, one reason that I didn't, necessarily want to be a two is it feels like two i wanted to be a four i'll be honest yeah that's what i wanted to be yeah and if you told me you were a four it wouldn't surprise me but yeah but you're a two i i I see that yeah yeah i wanted to be i wanted to be a four we'll get there 
We're going to get there. <laughs> We're going to get there. Um, so some examples of twos is like uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, Nancy Reagan, right? Ann Landers. Dolly Parton. Kenny, Kenny G. <laughs> Kenny G. Barry Manilow. Well, Stevie Wonder. Um, this thing that I'm reading actually says the music of Journey is a two. I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about it, but I don't understand it. Well, don't stop. I was, uh, believe you, you, you went there before I could. Okay, you win. You win on that one. Andrea, what's it like being a two? Um, So being a two, and one of the reasons I didn't want to be a two is because twos can be needy um and a lot of times they are well and, and I don't know if I read the sentence they are well meaning and driven to be close to others but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed and so there can be as a two there can be a lot of resentment because sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like I I do a lot I work really hard to help others and 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 do things for them to help them and it feels like it goes unnoticed or it feels like it goes unappreciated you know and and sometimes and and just to be or unreciprocated unreciprocated un, unappreciated is is a big one a lot of times it as a two it feels like no one no one cares what you're doing for them you know, it's it's yeah. not necessarily that I want people to do the same that do the same things. I just want them to know or acknowledge that I am doing them. And and it can feel sometimes like I do all this stuff and people are thankful that I do it, but if somebody else comes along then that's fine. They just really need somebody. It's not about it's not about me, it's about what I do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I feel like I'm that way, I guess, since eights and twos are related. Yeah. I feel like I'm a two in friendships. Oh, good. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because you don't want to be, you know, in charge and domineering in a friendship. That's not a friendship. So I feel yeah. like twos definitely me in friendships. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I would agree with you. For sure. Um, one of the things that you have to be careful about when you're friends with a two is asking them to do things because they will do it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I remember like we were having a problem when we were having all those problems with Ellie, we have a friend who is a, um, who's a vet tech at a, at a veterinary hospital. And I, and Julie was like, let's just call so-and-so. And And I was like, no, she's a two. She'll come over here and take care of the dog if we (laughs) ask her to, but that's not like, but that we, that's not her role. That's like, we have to have boundaries there, you know, with, with that. So um, that's, that's one of those things you got to be careful about when you're, when, when you're friend, when you're in relationship with, uh, with the two for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So if, so you're a two, I'm, I'm a three. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about a three. Well, the three is the achiever. Mm-hmm. Threes are self-assured, <laughs> attractive and charming. <laughs> Anybody? I wish y'all Anybody? could see Julie's face right now. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. They are ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. 
Okay, the fact that you don't think that means that I'm hiding it really well if my wife doesn't even see it. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, what's my basic fear? Your basic fear is of being worthless. Uh-huh. And what and is my your, basic desire? <laughs> your basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. But I don't need you. I know you don't need me. <laughs> I, I know. Um, but you want like, him. You want him. And that makes him valuable and worthwhile because you yeah. want him. Yeah. Uh, Marriage counseling. If you ever want to like uh, do a deep dive into the wormhole, look at uh, relationships between numbers and see uh, see if eights and threes are supposed to end up together. <laughs> Because here's the deal. Here, here's the deal with threes. It'd be very right? competitive, I would think, right? Because we are very competitive. Yeah. Um, well, for sure, right? Like, okay. So here's the thing about being a three is that part of uh, part of my ambition, and I, I don't feel like I'm an ambitious person, but I definitely am. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll take risk to to achieve things, and and I'll, I'll I'll do that. But I also try to be really diplomatic when when especially like in work situations, I'll be very, very diplomatic about how I say one thing and, and make sure that I'm putting my words in just the right order. Um, even when it comes to like the fact that I'll never say on this show, what company I work for, that is one of those things that's by design, right? (laughs) Now, is it easy enough to find out it? Sure. But like all of these things are diplomatic. They're they're I'm doing them on purpose. And, um, when you're in relationship with someone who is like straight talking, decisive needs to know what the picture is so that they can take decisive action, like an eight, then a three can come across as disingenuous and they can like, just, it's hard for me to be believed as because I'm always seen as someone trying to, trying to BS somebody. Like I'm always, I'm, it's always seen as I'm trying to sell somebody. And tell, partially that's because see, I, I say how many times today I said, tell me what you think about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a hundred times. And I'm like, well, tell me what, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Ugh, on it? That drives me crazy. Me yeah. too. <laughs> it drives you crazy. Yes. Yeah. When I say, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you know, and it's all me just trying my best just to make, make sure that you're like, uh, that, that, that you're taking care of. And I want to make sure that your voice is heard. It sometimes, and this, we're going to be like real honest on this show tonight. It feels like you're setting me up for something. Yes. Yes. It feels like you're setting me up and I don't know what you're setting me up for, but it's like, whatever I say next, I'm going to be like, I'm going to wish I hadn't said it. (laughs) I know. Listen, I know yes. you're not. No, you you totally put the nail. You know, however but you it. it feels that way, and I don't know why. I don't know why because I don't. I don't think that you're setting me up. There have been a couple of times where I think you did on this show, but that was just for comedic purposes. But I don't think that you're setting me up. Are you? Are you trying to set me up for something? I mean, success usually. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Wow. By the way, could there be a more three answer than that? I don't think there could no. be. I no. don't I don't think that there could be. Julie, what are what are some other threes in history? Augustus Caesar. Yeah. Of course. I had a Caesar haircut. I think that counts. Bernie Madoff. Okay. Oh, OJ Simpson. Why did Tiger I have her? Woods. <laughs> 
and I've asked you to read them, you're gonna throw me under the <laughs> All bus. All these crazy people. Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, Taylor Lady Swift. Gaga, John Bon Jovi, Michael Jordan, Elvis Presley, Muhammad Ali. Can can you at least read this one? Don Draper, who's not an actual person. It doesn't matter. He took a test. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Okay, There's a lot stop of demented it. people who are <laughs> threes. Okay, fine. Let's Andy go. Warhol. Okay, you're gonna make me tap into my four wing here. Okay. Um, <laughs> goodness gracious. All right, Andrea. Let's talk about fours. I definitely have uh, have a four wing as well. So uh, I'm I'm a three wing four. If anybody's curious, go ahead. What's a four? So fours are the individualist. And fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. At their best, uh, they're inspired and highly creative and able to renew themselves and transform their experience. Their basic fear is that they have no identity or personal significance, and their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance to create an identity. Okay, Ju- I just want to point out, Julie is completely backed away from the microphone because she does not want to talk about my four wing at all. <laughs> Go ahead. say You can say whatever you want. I think you're more of a four than a three. <laughs> <laughs> um. Dramatic. Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the deal with fours. Fours a are a lot of composers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fours are very in touch with their emotions. Yeah. A lot of them. Very yeah. creative. Um, they're, yeah. Typically they're super creative. They're very in touch with that whole side of it. Um, and that basic fear that they have no identity or personal significance. It's like, if they're they're very like i said super in touch with um you know with the fact like they don't feel like they're like other human beings right like yeah. they're right. they're all by themselves <laughs> that's they're they're uh you know not necessarily alone but definitely you know they could feel a little socially awkward um you know and th- those types of things but man when when they're strong they're able to just like um, create and they're able to renew themselves and transform their experiences into something just phenomenal. Uh, yeah. So who are some, uh, who, what are some examples of, of fours? You were talking about different um, composers and whatnot. Tchaikovsky, Chopin, um, Edgar Allan Poe. So there's a lot of like writers and artists in here too. Virginia Woolf, Anne Frank. Yeah. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, Alanis Morissette. Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Miles Davis, Amy Winehouse, um, Johnny Depp, the magician Chris Angel, Angelina Jolie. Um, so there's just a lot of the that kind of charismatic type, I yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah. I think I think fours people are drawn to Eclectic. fours because they are so in touch with their emotions and their their feelings. But fours can also go, they can go dark mm-hmm. very yeah. easy because they, they can get kind of, they can kind of drown in their emotions and their feelings. And when things are not 
when they're when they're in an unhealthy place, then it's it can I think it can be very feel very despairing for them and hopeless. Okay, so that that brings us to number five, the investigator. Tell me a little bit about the investigator. So the investigator is uh, fives are alert, insightful, and curious. Uh, they are able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. They're independent, innovative, and inventive, but they can also become preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary constructs. They become detached, yet high-strung and intense. They typically have problems with eccentricity, nihilism, and isolation. Um, At their best, they are visionary pioneers, often ahead of their time and able to see the world in an entirely new way. Their basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable, and their v- basic desire is to be capable and competent. Yeah, so your fives are ha- definitely have a bug out bag. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know we have a child that's one of these, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're ready to go. <laughs> um, yeah. Like they they're the ones that have have planned for. I mean, they've got MREs in a backpack underneath a underneath a car seat just in case with road flares and a pickaxe. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they are prepared. Yeah. They're for whatever might come. Absolutely. Um, do you, you said that we have a child that's like this, mm-hmm. which one? I think it's Jonathan. You think he's like this? Mm-hmm. He's always just like trying to develop all these complex skills. Well, he's always, <laughs> he's what, yeah. And he's always trying to be helpful. He doesn't like to feel useless or incapable. Yeah. So he's, I think, um, you know, his teachers have told us that a word that they use for him is he's very precise because he wants to make sure that he, you know, is able to do certain things yeah, um, and be capable. So, and you want to always be careful when trying to label kids with a, uh, with an Enneagram number, because usually this doesn't like, you know, they kind of develop a lot of this stuff um, later on in life, but no, like if you kind of see some of these traits, Mm -hmm. it helps to kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You're, you're a thinker. So we need to talk. We want to make sure we round out your experience and talk about your feelings as Mm -hmm. well. Not only what do you think about that, but what do you feel about that and having, having those conversations. Um, and again, this is, um, this is one of those things where you could also see him maybe having a four wing with his emotions, you know, but every bird, every healthy bird has two wings, you know, the four. Yeah. So he could have the four and the six. This is where that Kurt Cobain, you were asking about Kurt Cobain. Oh, he's, yeah. he, he's, he's in here. Uh, well, what else can we talk about with the fives, Miss Andrea? Uh, some of their, their key motivations. I think this is interesting. They want to possess knowledge and understand the environment because they want to have everything figured out as a way of defending their themselves from threats from the environment, which I find, I just, I find that interesting that they're trying to, it's a, it's such a um, defense mechanism. If I yeah. learn, if I can learn everything there is to know, then I'm, I'm prepared. I think this is also one of my second highest. Yeah. This is, this is actually when you're stressed out, you turn into a five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just hardcore. Yep. By the way, she started off with this is all Hugh. I know. I am laughing. I still think it is. I still think it is. But (laughs) 
when you're I mean, stressed out, this right. is where you go. You want to solve every problem before it happens. We, I mean, right now we're prepping for uh, for a trailer, and we have a shelving <laughs> unit just full of stuff for for the trailer, and we don't have the trailer yet. You know, I mean, because we're, we're we're doing this so um, because yeah, we're yeah. in a stressful time, and that's we what have, we got. We have no, we have a tornado action plan. We have a fire action plan. We have a a a, a like grass fire because we used to live in an area that was like a lot of pastures and stuff. We were grass fire action plan if we had to evacuate. Like we were always ready. Yeah. I love it. So other other people that are fives, uh, you're in good company if you're a five. Albert Einstein, uh, Stephen King, one of my favorite authors. Stephen uh, Hawking. Stephen Hawking, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, if you're a five and you can uh, focus it in the right direction, you're going to make good things happen. Uh, Kirk, right. and then if you're artistic, think kind of like Kurt Cobain and David Lynch. I mean, you're you're doing great, George O'Keefe. Yep, and uh, Doctor House, because yeah. yes, you know, and Fox Mulder from X Files. Yeah, it's not even a person. Okay. <laughs> they, it's a character that has a developed personality. That's that's what they're basing it on is the Abs- character development. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> that moves us on. Guys, we only have two left. We, and and listen, if you're a seven, you're waiting for us to get you to, to, to there. We're, we're so close. We're at six. There's a reason we we put you last. Yeah. Because we so wanted you, you to hear still, the whole thing. You could still wait. Absolutely. Uh, the loyalist, number six. Uh, number six, um, the committed security-oriented type. Uh, sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy. Excellent troubleshooters, they foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it. I think I sometimes have six tendencies, because <laughs> yeah. I like to run on stress while complaining about it. They can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious. At their best, they are internally stable and self-reliant, courageously championing themselves and others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't say that word. So the six is where when I am healthy and I'm moving in a good place, I I normally go to a six where I'm responsible and working hard and trustworthy. Like that 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 kind of includes my achiever status to 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 be able to do that. But like most sixes, they're again their key motivations that they want to have security and to feel supported by others. If you um if you know someone who is anxious all the time, who is always scared, it's a good possibility that 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 your friend is a 6. And so <laughs> a good way to love a 6 is just to make sure that they have some love and support and just make sure that they know that they're taken care of. Um I don't know what what else do you want to say about a 6, ladies? Well, some examples of 6s are uh Princess Di and Prince Harry, uh, Tolkien, the author, Tolkien is a six, and John Grisham. Um, Frodo Baggins, I think Frodo is interesting. Baggins is that, that means that yeah. Tolkien was, you know, he maybe wrote him a little bit of himself into that Frodo Baggins, yeah. yeah. Mark Twain is was a six, mm-hmm. Sigmund Freud, George Costanza from Seinfeld. Not a person. Okay, and that's our cue to move on then. Goodness. Never letting us down. <laughs> All right. Number seven here, here I love sevens. I, I love, I love everybody, but like sevens have a special place in my heart because 
I want to be a seven, but I am not a seven. Sevens are the enthusiasts. <laughs> yes. They are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. Playful, high-spirited, and practical, they can also misapply their many talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. At their best, they focus their talents on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. Their basic fear is of being deprived and in pain, and their basic desire is to be satisfied and content to have all of their needs fulfilled. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a buddy of mine at work who is a seven, and he gets me into trouble because he's like, let's go do this. <laughs> and I'll be like, I want to be like a seven, so let's go do it. And meanwhile, <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be around people. It's not that it, these are not the things that I want to do. Um, and so, yeah, because they are very much extroverted. They definitely get their energy from other people. Andre, you know, any sevens that you can think of? I follow some people on Instagram that are self-proclaimed sevens. And they're they're a lot. They're a lot to handle. Yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, I, f- I feel like uh, you definitely if, if if someone is a seven, they're well, they want to tell you about it. Yes. <laughs> Sevens definitely believe in the Enneagram because yeah. they they uh they want to tell everyone that they are a seven. Sarah Palin is an example of a seven. Who who are some other sevens? Um let's see. George Clooney, uh Robert Downey Jr., James Franco, and let's see who else. Katy Perry, Russell Brand, Britney Spears, Miley Cyrus. A lot of singers, a lot of entertainers, a lot of people yeah. that like to be. Um, Steven Spielberg is a seven. The Dalai Lama, the fourteenth Dalai Lama. Sorry, the fourteenth one was this. I don't. I'm just reading what this thing says. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> so there, there's our numbers, guys. We have eight through seven, and that's right. That's the correct way to do it. Apparently, you can't go one through nine. It's got to be eight through seven. So what we'll do is we'll actually, uh, I'll put a link in the, uh, in, in the show notes for a Enneagram test. You can take yours and then let us know what, what's your number and let us know if you think it's a bunch of hooey or, or if not, um, if you want to do a little bit more research and you want to check out a, a podcast, you can listen into the Ennea Summer series by, uh, Annie F. Downs on That Sounds Fun. Uh, if you want to read because you're a reader, then you can read The Road Back to You by Susan Stabile and kind of go go into that. You can make this your religion and your God. You can turn it into an idol if you want to. I would suggest maybe not doing that. And it's just it's Probably just meant not. to be that a little may not bit be of fun. The best. No, yeah, but you know, just a or little. you can use it as a tool for ridicule. Um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, you, know, you can do that. That's kind of what we do best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. This you may love this, or it may not be for you, uh, and and that's fine because we have a whole saying on this show that's hashtag not for me. Uh, Andre, what's your not for me this week? I have debated this not for me for several days now, and I don't want to sound harsh, but I'm just gonna say it. Not for me are the people who think they're too good for Facebook and have to announce on Facebook. 
multiple times that they're leaving for weeks on end that they're leaving Facebook. And here's all the reasons why. Here's all the reasons why you should leave Facebook. Here's why I'm better than Facebook. And then they just hang around for a real long time on Facebook. That's not for me. Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. You can get off Facebook. It is a free country. You can get off Facebook whenever you want. But you don't have to announce it for six weeks and then come back and... I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm take, sorry. For for six weeks, they say, I'm taking a break from Facebook. And six days later, they go, okay, I'm back. Oh, man, I'm so right. glad I took that break. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it always it always cracks me up when it's like uh, um, when you see someone who's taking a break from Facebook because they've been a jerk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I've been a jerk. Fine, I'm taking a – you don't appreciate my jerkness, so I'm taking a break. And then I'm they, taking my ball and I'm going home. And then they That's come back. That's exactly ba- what it sounds like. And then they come back and they Jesus juke everybody by like, they just post scripture nonstop. And it's like, I don't know, maybe you should apply that scripture to you and maybe stop trying to make it apply to everybody else who you don't agree with on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. That that might be a thing that you should do. Or the people, sometimes I just want to say, y'all are, first of all, you're taking Facebook a little too seriously because it is just Mm -hmm. a social media platform. Just if... If when you get on Facebook, it depresses you, then yes, get off of it. But also, you know what? Don't let it affect you that way. You are a grown human being and you have a choice to make and you should have control over your feelings and emotions. They should not rule you and Facebook should not rule you. And if it does, then that's a deeper problem. Deeper problem. preaching (laughs) i just i don't know i can't handle people sometimes no and i also like how you know a lot of times you see people's true colors yeah oh absolutely absolutely listen 2020 has made some people mean Mm -hmm. and they are they are posting it on facebook and they are just outright mean and i don't love it but i'm not getting off facebook I can just ignore you. That's what I do. Didn't Maya Angelou have a quote that says, like, if someone shows you who they are on Facebook, believe them? <laughs> yes. Something, something, something like that. Like, it's a paraphrase. Like <laughs> Honey, what's your nod for me? Walmart grocery pickup. Ooh. <laughs> I done had it. You I have done issues? Had yeah. And the last time, like, I, I, I called Seth on the way back. Back to Walmart after getting my order and said, honey, better have the money ready for my bail. So (laughs) have it ready for what? For bail. Oh, (laughs) have my bail money ready. (laughs) I, uh, I checked, I checked and I had enough money to get her bailed out twice. And she said, that's good. That's how many times I'm going to kick somebody's butt. And I said, okay, do it. (laughs) Perfect. Here's why, here's why Walmart pickup is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll order Italian style green beans. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go to pick it up and they're like, we didn't have Italian style green beans. By the way, they have it in the store. If you walk in the store, it's there. We didn't have Italian style green beans. just didn't bean. know what Italian style green beans were. Right. <laughs> so instead, we gave you Boston baked beans. Wait a minute. One's a vegetable. One's a candy. Mm-hmm. What's going on? It's crazy i ordered paper clips and got notepads 
didn't have paper clips, so I'm giving you notepads. And then, like, I've gotten other people's sense. orders or had stuff missing. Or if they say that they're out of one type of milk, they'll tell you, we're out of this kind of milk. Okay, so I'm going to order a different kind of milk. And then uh, now I've got four milks because they didn't take the one that they said they didn't have off my list. And now I've got four gallons of milk. And all four expire tomorrow. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like that. Gosh. So Mm-mm. it's just, yeah, that whole thing. COVID-19! So. <laughs> Did you just blow? Yes. You blew COVID-19? Okay. Oh, guys, it's done. Julie blew. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. So did you, hey, uh, speaking speaking of. COVID-19! Did you guys hear that uh, Believer's Voice of Victory is going off of, uh, of television and it's going to be replaced by uh, Stephen Furtick? You guys see that? So Kenneth Copeland, like, is going off of TV. And Stephen oh. Furtick is taking his place. How will he I fuel his plane? I don't know how he's going to fuel his plane. There are probably still plenty of people who are going to send him money. Yeah, for sure. Seth, what's your not for me this week? My not for me is um, this election uh, cycle. I'm going to pe- say people in Australia are stealing your money. At the oh, okay, I've got that two not for me. That's very fair. <laughs> um, I am sad and I am disheartened. That uh, my money is in Australia and I am not. Maybe I. What was that? <laughs> nope. I'll cut it out if it needs to be, but I got to hear what you said now. Um, I don't know. Maybe those poor people needed the money because a dingo ate their baby. Um, no? Nothing? No. Maybe they needed uh, some money so that they could put another shrimp on the bobby. There you go. Now, no. That that one was okay, but the dingo and the baby's not a not a thing. Crikey. Right. Um, maybe somebody got jealous because they saw someone else's knife and they said, that's not a knife. And they had to go get a knife. I don't know. I don't know. But it is. Uh, I am sad that my money is in Australia and that I am not in Australia. I would like to do that and like to go there. Uh, and I'm also, uh, I'm also, if my sign on my door says no soliciting, it means also for your political candidate. I don't care who it is. Please don't ring my doorbell and get my dog excited. He's got a heart problem. He's old. <laughs> I, I don't need him getting excited all need the time. Him to stay calm. Because one day he's going to go try to bark at somebody and just fall over and I'm going to be mad. And I'm definitely Aww. not going to vote. I'm definitely not going to vote for that person then. Uh all right, that bummed us out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not the bees! Not the bees! So you talked about people uh, going off of Facebook, and then I said, you know, I don't like how they come back and they're just, you know, quoting scripture to, yeah, uh, this is about that. Um, the <laughs> the title of this week's Babylon Bee: uh, Bible briefly consulted to see if it supports already formed opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna read the article. I don't. I think, I that think that says enough. it all. I think that's enough. Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Oh, all right, Andrea, oh, Julie. I think that's a show. Yeah, we survived it. We did. Julie, we made it. Julie, you survived it. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked and amazed. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Seth's the one that survived it. <laughs> By the way, it's guys, if this does if. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was her shitting me. Um, if uh, if this show comes out and then you never hear from me again, um, you'll know what happened. That, uh, but listen, because 
these are our thoughts and opinions. And sometimes we can, they can invoke other people's outrage. And we hope that you get to enjoy that outrage as part of your entertainment this week. Uh, but our thoughts and opinions are not the final word, dear listener. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions about any of the things that we talked about today. Yes. For, don't forget to like, follow, and comment on all the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on all of the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to know what your type is. What's your number? What's your Enneagram yeah. number? Yeah, absolutely. I'll put the link in the uh, in the uh, in the show notes and and let us know. We we would love to hear that. And as a reminder, for every comment, I tell you what: if you go onto any of the platforms and you write make a comment about what your number is and tell us if we got it right, tell us if we got it wrong, any of those things, uh, I'll donate. Uh, not not me. We the three of us between the three of us, Julie is going to come out of her paycheck. Uh, is going to <laughs> her. <laughs> Her proceeds from this show. Uh, we're going to give $1 to a, uh, a local charity or ministry. Yes. And just to re- uh, remember that the greatest compliment you could give us is to tell a friend to listen to this episode uh, or a different episode if you'd like. And then tell them to subscribe for next week because we will be back. Yeah. Until then, this is Seth. This is this Andrea. Is oh, you pointed at me. Sorry. This is Dropping Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>